my question is, if you would stand in the possibility and accept the fact that you've actually achieved what it is you want, how much taller are you? How much stronger and more sturdy are you if you stood right now and go, wait a second, I do have freedom. I do have safety and I do know what I'm doing. From that position, now what do I want? You can actually see over the wall where most people think they've got to start all over again and they got to go back to being 17 again, back to being insecure, back to having no money again. I think most people think in order to get where they want to go, they have to start over instead of recognizing they get to start from this pedestal. How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, Welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. Hey, hey, we're back with Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo and... Today, I am joined by a very good friend of mine named Michael Burnoff. Now, I do not have, nor would I ever read a simple bio that Michael prevented, but I just want to really quickly tell you about why today should be fun and special. So I got introduced to Michael through, I guess, mutual acquaintances, I want to say maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a minute. And Michael is a guy who is an absolute pro at understanding the way that the human mind works and how to use it to not only improve your own life, but to persuade others to improve theirs. He is, he's one of the most dynamic public speakers you've ever seen. And he has a way of hypnotizing your ass while he's doing it uh, for compliance and you just hand him over all of your money. But the whole time you understand that everything he's doing is for you to up-level your game and realize just how much more is capable of. If you are a fan of people like Tony Robbins and a lot of these other folks, then you know the same genre of stuff that is being taught because it's really, you know, persuasion comes down to persuading yourself first to do the things you want to do, but then also being able to persuade others to hopefully do things that are beneficial for them. I have been to Michael's events. I've seen him work live and I am proud to call him a friend. And we have been shooting the shit for probably the past hour. We should have been recording it, but we are now. So Michael, welcome finally yeah, to we've Bacon been, Rat Business. We've been, we've been talking about this forever. And somehow I think somebody, you know how Zuckerberg's listening to everything and advertising to us? Somehow someone recorded us talking somewhere and it's valuable to somebody, what we heard earlier. Yeah, <laughs> bingo. Yeah, it's out there. My iPhone was sitting over here. and yeah, it, sure no, We're going to get ads for all the really cool like billion dollar things we were discussing and life-changing uh, information. Yeah, I've actually done that in the past where I've sat there with my, with my phone because I've had those things where you know I was talking about something and then something random and there's no way I should have seen the ad and it showed up. So I've tried it out before. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here going, like, I don't have a cat, but I'm like, I need cat food. I need cat food. I need, like, we're just trying to program it. And that never works, but then randomly something will come up. Like, you know, from the conversation you and I were having that wasn't recorded, I'm sure I'm going to see sex dolls show up on my yes, yes, Facebook feed. Because that was the big conversation. Of course, of course. So, man, we could take this uh, thing anywhere, but I want you, I tried to explain kind of what you do to the best of my ability. That was beautiful. I, I want a copy of that because you market better than I do. Well, I did record it. 
Yeah, good. We hit but, record. Perfect. One of the thing, you know, one of the things, and we'll circle back to this around the end because I know, like, at the time of this recording, you have a book that is going to be launching. Yep. And I want to cir- circle back to that, but I also want to start with the concept of average because every time I see you, or I, sometimes I see your students, or whatever, I see this word "average sucks." And yeah, you've got it everywhere, and it's Pickers. Kind of, it's a big part of water your bottles. It's like space balls, the movie. Yeah. yeah, and I. And I want to talk about that concept a little bit more, especially because the first time I heard about it, or I heard it, it, it took me a second to really understand like the way that you're using it, because you can say average sucks, but there's more to this concept that, of average than yep. meets the eye. Is it, it's not necessarily the average, right? Yeah. What, so the big thing is, I, I wear it all the time, and you very quickly realize uh, the shirts are amazing the average like shirts except for my buddy Dwayne Spires said you can't wear it when you get out of your Lamborghini because you look like a jerk do you know what I'm saying so <laughs> so the the whole concept when people see it I get stopped all the time I got an average sucks license plate I've got average sucks shirts I wear them all the time people stop me and they're like oh you're right dude average sucks I'm like do you know what it means and most people think it means I'm better than you don't be average go for more like it's like a no fear shirt and I'm cool with that for marketability Mm-hmm. But the deep rooted meaning of it is that the biggest challenge we have as human beings is your average. And every one of us has a go-to standard, a go-to identity, an average of who we be, who we are on a regular basis that is not who it is we desire to be. So the tagline of the book is average sucks and very simply says, why you don't get what you want and what to do about it. And the reason we don't get what we want is you're being your average instead of being all of you. And that's, that's the big piece of the puzzle. Like I I watched for years that most people will make about the same amount of money for five years in a row with all different economies makes no sense. Well, that's their average making their money. That's not their capability. That's what they've been programmed to do. And I believe that we have a process that we, why we do this. I understand the whole psychology of it. It's, something that human beings need to own and break. Yeah. Number one for me and most of the high performers and folks that I know that we hang around with, Yep. Uh, it seems as though the biggest fear, the biggest anxiety producing thing uh, is never really kind of externally what's happening, but it's always this, this fear that I'm not, I'm not living up to my potential. Bingo. And I think that's in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. Like if you're just doing your average, like you are capable of so much more you are capable of, of up here, but you're settling for your own average. Like, why is that? And I don't think that most people realize that they're settling for their own average. A lot of times they probably think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've done more work this, than me, but they probably think, well, I'm doing as good as I can, right? Yeah, they, they, don't real, they don't realize how many things it's associated with. I mean, there was a day in your life where you said to yourself, like, I don't want to live this way anymore. You're, you're out dating and you don't want to date, all the, date a million people anymore. You're, you're drinking all the time. You're overweight, whatever it is. And you say to yourself, I'll never do that again. And in the, in the moment, a very, very powerful thing happens. You basically draw a line behind you saying, I'll never go back there. And then you draw this vision of what you can be. So when you accept you're not where you want to be, it's a very interesting moment because it's painful. You see the gap between where you are and where you want to be, which brings out insecurity, right? Nobody, nobody wants to admit they can be more because then you admit you're not being good enough. Yeah. Number two is it offers opportunity of what you can do. And then also you got to accept where you're really at. So in a moment you build where you never want to do again and what you're capable of. And then other stuff gets built in, but this is where your box gets built in life and where most people get stuck because I got stuck in this myself. It's why I wrote the book to help myself get out of it is I was living the life that 
15 years ago was a dream and I could not figure out why I couldn't get to the next level is because I was stuck in my own average, which was a dream 10 years prior. That's, I'll say that's exactly where I'm at now. Like when I look at the, my lifestyle, everything I've got, everything I'm doing, everything else, 10 years ago, oh my God, I could only hope for this. And yet it still feels average. Like it still feels like there's, I'm not even scratching the surface. Well, that's because we get obsessed with wanting and not having. Yeah. Because if you had it, then you got to move on to the next thing and you got more work to do. There's a few areas that I recognize that if you would look at has the potential to make the biggest changes in our lives. And I mean, I don't know if you're open to dealing with this with yourself right now, we could dig right into coaching. Yeah. So the, the way the walls get created, in my opinion, is I'll never go back again to be in, I'll never, I'll never make $5,000 a year again. I'll never be broke again. And you just know you'll never go back to driving an average car again. You know that Brad will never do that. I'll never be average. Boom. Big dreams of what you want. Like we talked prior to the show. And if you do a really great show on this one day on the three things you said you wanted that, that are really quantifiable for you. But to the right and left of you is if you, you think about your right hand is like your identity of how you see you and how the world sees you. That identity is in absolute parallel with what your average currently is. And if you were to change what that identity is, like how the world sees you, I'm the guy that answers. I'm the guy that, um, like if you're the guy with answers, but then you got to admit you don't have an answer for your own life, your identity's off and you got to visit that. So being able to update your ID, your identity of how you see you and how the world sees you, it's one of the fastest ways to grow outside that box and be in a new one. And the other side is like, we have these relationships in our lives and this is just fascinating where, Everyone has this, like you and I have people that we've placed in our lives, some to cheer us on, some to piss us off, some to annoy us, some to remind us to stay small, some to nudge us to stay stuck. And everyone's been like pre-assigned a certain job to help us stay inside the box so you can be Brad or Michael who has what we have. And we have no understanding of what's outside of our current average because we don't go there. How do you start to go there? You got to look at the identity first. You got to ask yourself, like, you, the, first, the first step I, I would say is you've really got to look at and going, I don't want to really get into the why of this so much, but I always ask myself, like, what was my original reason for doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Very simple question. Like, why did I need to be here? I wanted to be safe and I want to be comfortable. Like when I talk to an entrepreneur, you got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this, obviously, because it's not bacon wrapped weightlifting, it's bacon wrapped business, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you were to ask yourself a question like, well, let me ask you a question. What was your original reason for going into business, man? Like original deep meaning yep. where you said, here's why I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to stop doing stuff for others and do my own thing. Give me, give me your like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly. And I it, was a, it was very much a move away from more of the exact modality. things you wanted to move I'll tell you, away I'll tell you exactly. Yep. So, so keep in mind, I've always had a proclivity for doing entrepreneurial things like, but yep. I've always kind of dabbled and, and done them on the side. Like I'd have a job and I do the, you know, this other yep. stuff, but it wasn't my big company. I'd, I'd have a corporate job and I'd go find a way to flip some houses or go yep. try to find a way to have a side hustle. Yep. And I was in financial services. I was working for Prudential Investments. And at 2000, the end of 2007, like, you know, right before everything got super messy, I got laid off. And I had just happened, you know, to have also read the four-hour work week. And where a lot of people read that and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go conquer the world and only work four hours a week and do this. 
I saw this as um, I can, this seems really interesting. I don't know anything about like starting an online business and doing all this other stuff, but I know what the other side looks like. And the other side looks like the economy is getting worse and I've got to go now put my resume together, which I hadn't done in like 12 years, put my resume together and then go ask people to bless me as worthy of a paycheck and then take some job that I probably didn't really like or want yep. anyway. And that scared the living crap out of me. And it was very much a, if this is a potential out, if I can maybe make, you know, call my own shots, do my own thing, engage my own creativity, which I kind of like doing anyway, I'm going to figure this out because the other side seems so painful to me. And I know I've heard you talk about this in the past that, you know, we've got things that either, uh, I, do you use the trampoline? And that's, you got a good memory, man. Thank you. Call me Bradipedia. Yeah, but, but that so, was back like, in call to action. That was, that was like, that was a wow. long time ago. Yeah. yeah like, Matt introduced us back then. I think it was yeah. Matt. Yeah. So, but I, I remember the concept of like the fire beneath you. March oh, sorry, of 2011. Oh, wow. Damn. So I remember there's like the concept of the fire beneath you or what is it like? Up yeah. The, the, like, like you were jumping, you get, you see a rainbow and you've got yeah. pot of gold. Fire. Yeah. Fires and fire and rainbow. Right. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't jumping for the rainbow. I was literally trying to jump away from the fire. And that's when I was like, you know, I don't care what it takes. The other shit sounds just terrible. So I'm going to figure this out. It just so happened that it started to, it, it, it got to be very interesting and I started to like it and I started to see some success and it was very engaging, which is one of my criteria. I was very engaged. I like to learn and apply new things, but that's why I started the whole business. I was literally out of Well, let's fear. take those two emotions, right? Sure. So you're in a peak state. This is just human psychology, right? And you say, I don't want to go back there again. I got laid off and never want to feel this way again. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it wasn't, I don't want to feel like as bad as I got laid off is I don't want to go schlep around and give my resume to somebody and try to persuade them to, I don't want to be owned anymore. Yeah. So you had three things. I don't want to be owned anymore. I want to learn new things because I love learning. Correct. Yep. <laughs> and I want to feel safe. Let's just use those three. Correct. Yeah. So what happens is you build a life and 10 years goes by. And you forget that you are safe. You forget that you are not owned anymore and you are learning what works and doesn't work every single day. <clears throat> and you forgot to update your desire. It's like you're running off of, I didn't grow up with Christmas, but you're running off of a, a Christmas list of, and you're still asking for the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip and you're asking for the codes for Contra and you don't even have a Nintendo anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you <laughs> have literally surpass what you have. Like I'll find people like myself. It was like, I want freedom and I want to make a difference. And I'm yeah. a decade into my business with massive freedom and massive making a difference. And I forgot to focus on something bigger like profitability or, yeah. or leverage. So what happens is most of us have gotten what it is we wanted and we never took a minute to accept that we have it. You know, exactly along that line, I actually gave a speech talking about this at our friend Nick Unsworth. So yep. I love Nick. Yeah. And remember, so off camera, I had said that my three aspirations, my three criteria for, for this is I want to really be engaged and enjoy what I'm doing, yep. work with amazing people and make really good money. All of those were like intentionally non-specific. And it, it was about a year or two ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I looked back at my life and I was like, I love what I'm doing. I'm working with people like Jesse Itzler and Frank Shamrock and all these other like really inspirational people. And I'm making really good money. Now, could I have made more money? Could I? Yeah, but I had achieved all those things. 
And I even mentioned this in the speech, but it was like you ran through the finish line, but you didn't know that there was finish line was there. And you kind of look back, you're like, son of a bitch, I've, I've actually done that. Seven years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Seven years ago. When I, well, actually, maybe like nine years ago when I met you, obviously. Well, what, what I'm getting at is yeah. you, you are still looking at the same identity. So if you're dealing with this currently, the next thing you got to say is, all right, am I willing to take on a new identity mm-hmm. as the guy that doesn't? Have, so I would say the first thing you've got to do is accept that you're not where you want to be, which is super painful for people to yeah. accept. And if you're like, you know what, I'm Brad and I'm not where I want to be which immediately the second you say that instantly opens up opportunity. Great. Where do you want to go? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Scares the shit out of you too, because basically you're saying I'm not where I want to be. Wait a second. I don't know everything anymore, which is against your current identity. Cause I'm the guy that wants to know everything. Right. Or I need yeah. to feel safe. And you see the gap then, but the second you do that, you're starting to live over the wall. You're now living on the other side and you've extended out what it is you want. So I believe we're always going to be in a box of what we won't settle for, what we want, we'll always have an identity and we're always going to have people in our lives that are going to hold us to what it is that we say we are. Question is, who are the people? What's the identity and what's the goal? Right. Do you find it hard for folks who like, if they've been stuck in their own identity for so long and I've, I've done a lot of work on this and yeah, a lot you of get thought it. about identity as well, but, and I still have trouble with that. Like, so if a person's never been there, if they've never been on that other side of the wall, in a way, like they've never been this identity, do you, do, do a lot of people find it hard to kind of create that vision of who that is? Cause it just seems like so foreign to them. I don't think you need to create it immediately. Like, I don't think you have to create like this big vision picture and dream yeah. board and all that stuff of what it is that you want. The first step is if you accept you're not where you want to be, what happens is immediately stuff starts to open up. And then if you're willing to ask the question, like, well, what, what else do you want? Yeah. And you can move towards other things. It's like years ago with myself in business, made money, made money, made money. And I wanted to make money, make money, but my relationship with money was wrong. Meaning that I didn't use money to make money. I just made money. And then I started learning how to invest and build a money machine. Yeah. And that was my question. Like I was putting it into something different. So my question is, if you would stand in the possibility and accept the fact that you've actually achieved what it is you want, how much taller are you? How much stronger and more sturdy are you if you stood right now and go, wait a second, I do have freedom. I do have safety and I do know what I'm doing. From that position, now what do I want? You can actually see over the wall where most people think they've got to start all over again and they got to go back to being 17 again, back to being insecure, back to having no money again. I think most people think in order to get where they want to go, they have to start over instead of recognizing they get to start from this pedestal. Now that's profound. I like that a lot. Like I can, I can see how that is. Cause it's, I mean, it is stepping into a state of a gratitude of recognizing yep. what you do have. What are you accomplished? Yeah. And then, and then, thinking about what you want from that state yep. is probably a lot different than thinking about like, like if you, if you wouldn't have said that, then it's a lot easier to go, well, admit I'm not where I want to be right now. And that's kind of a, creates a shrinking feeling like, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, admitting that to yourself cause it's painful. And then trying to see it, see over that wall, but from that shrunk position is not able to do it. But I really like what you're saying is like really own the things you have done and own that stuff, stand tall and proud and then yes. make that call that vision from there. Well, watch this. This is crazy. And I've never done this before. So it'll but we'll assume that it's going to work. How old are you now? I am 46. Okay. 46 years old. 
So what can a 46-year-old that lives in beautiful California that's been around the greatest marketers in the world with one of the greatest networks out there that has crossed paths with some incredible people that runs a very high-functioning podcast that has an incredible relationship and incredible friends, what can that person do? That person can build something pretty powerful. Um, we don't talk to that person much, do we? No, we don't. We talk to, we keep on backtracking and thinking we're 12. And we forget that your actual identity, if you were to get a blood test right now, you will come up as a 46 year old human being that lives in beautiful California, that overlooks the ocean, that's traveled the world, that spent a month in Colombia, that has a beautiful wife, that has incredible friends, that can pretty much just contact anything he wants, that figures out how to play with money and cars and all kinds of crazy shit that you can do. That person's resume is ridiculous. And if that person is hired to go have the task of making your life work, that man or woman can do anything. Yeah, man, that is powerful. Well, I, I don't see myself that way sometimes. Like I was telling you, I was with Oprah last week, Tony Orlando a week earlier, spending time with him, talking to him on the phone. And I'm thinking, these are my buddies now that I hang with. I'm hanging out with Mark Messier. Went to, my wife sent me to the, <laughs> the 1980s Olympic hockey camp, and I went and played with all the guys that won the gold medal. And I'm thinking, these are my buddies. I, I talk on them online, and we're friends. And I'm like, who else has got a dozen gold medalists in their phone that are their friends? Yeah. And who, that guy do? who would have thought that you would have had that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, whatever. What we need to discount where we were and accept where we currently are, if you're in a good spot. Yeah. You know, I think I've given a lot of thought to that concept too of, uh, and I'm sure you've heard the term, this hedonic adaptation. Have you heard Sounds that? Sounds good. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I like it. So you know what hedonism is? Oh yeah. Okay. Anything hedonistic is just like for the pure pleasure and enjoyment, yep. right? That's so, and it doesn't even mean negative. It's just your heat. You know, you're being hedonistic. You're just, so hedonic adaptation is a term. I didn't come up with it, but it's, it's whenever you adapt, that becomes your new normal, right? Yep. So you adapt to all the pleasure. Like I live on the beach and I sometimes forget to turn my head and look out and see the waves yep. just because I'm adapt. It's become my new normal. And anytime it becomes your new normal, it, it gets really hard to stop and look at it like from a zoomed out position you forgot you forgot you grew you forgot how great your life is i remember being on the phone with you you were driving from texas right yeah you and i were talking on the phone about something and you're like yeah you know i'm moving out i'm not sure exactly what this is. 10 years ago i got some shifts i want to make in my life and i remember you were making the move at that point in my life i never even been to austin i've been 30 times so that's like yeah. i've never been to you were in austin right dallas, dallas? close enough yeah I've, I've been to dallas twice i've been now since then 30 times right yeah. and i and and we're talking on the phone it's like that guy doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even technically, you look at the cells in your body, they say they uh, replenish every seven years, right? So yep. it's not. And if not, that person. sounds good because I heard it every event I go to. Yeah. The only things we retain is the memories and the stories we're telling ourselves about those pictures, things. sounds, and feelings is everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. The, you also triggered another thought there. I was talking kind of about the hedonic adaptation, how it becomes your new normal. The, I don't remember exactly what I was going to say. I'm sure the minute I, uh, I changed topics. If you look here. up to the left, you'll always remember. Yeah. Right. No left. All right. Well, that, now I'm looking at my right. We doing, if you look to your left, you, you store all your, your memories up to the left. What you is this called? A, like a trans derivational search? Like what you're, I, I think what it is is basically you keep all the, all the memories from the left and you generate things on the right. And if you actually just look up there for a second, you'll find it or you'll remember in a few seconds. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things back when I was studying NLP was this concept of the, the logical levels. You remember? Mm -hmm. 
that. And I've always really liked that. I don't know if you have uh, opinions on this. I always I have opinions. Know. I don't know if you want them, but I have opinions. No, I, no, I would love to because I, I do remember one of the things that kind of I really liked was looking at those levels as, you know, starting on the bottom foundation of, you know, what's your environment like? What's your, yep. you know, are you taking the actions? You know, do you have a supportive environment to take the actions, to build the skills, to that generates the belief that then generates the identity, you know, or, or and kind of looking back and forth. And I know I've thought about this in the terms of, do you start with identity or start with environment? And I know we have a friend, well, I've actually never met him. You said, you know, Ben Hardy. Oh yeah. Right. And he did, didn't, he wrote the book. He's got the identity book and he's, well, he's got one on book. the environment, the personality book. And he's got the willpower doesn't work. Willpower and- doesn't work. And when in there, he, he, I remember he starts with the environment. He's like, listen, it all kind of starts with environment. If you're not in a, uh, if you're not, and I'm not saying I 100% agree with that. Cause I think there's two polarizing yeah. forces, but like, if you're, it doesn't matter if you think that you've got this great identity, but nothing else is supporting that. <laughs> like everything else is, is kind of crap. It makes it really hard for that identity to uh, take solid form. Ver- but if you can get it to take solid form, I think everything falls like dominoes a lot easier, right? Like it's, you'll start to have the belief that you can do it and build the skills and take the actions and then you'll create the environment you want. So I've always fa- yeah, found it like a lot easier, not easier, more effective to start at the top with the environment. I'm sorry, with the identity easier to start with the environment, right? Like it's less effective, but it's easier. I don't know. I've, I've kind of always- I, I've taken a step further on this because in our HIT is our human interaction technology. We've taken some of the best of NLP. And one of the techniques we teach is we could talk about what is, and we could talk about what was, or we could talk about where we're going. Like the fifth verb is action. You know, yeah. there's past, present, future, and then there's like action. It's moving forward. Is if you know that the skill is obtainable, like I used to say to people, like you would say, I want to make a million dollars. Your brain's like, sounds great. Your heart's like, I want to make a million bucks. Ba boom, ba boom, boom. And your brain is like, sounds great, asshole. How are you going to do it? Do you know what I mean? Let me show you 50 ways you screwed up last time. You'll never do it. How about I show you an HD? I mean, that's the, the your heart and your brain have nothing to do with each other. They don't even want to be friends. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like logical level, like you said, and the feeling. So this is like, oh, I want to go talk to that girl or that guy. And you know, you and I have been around the, the guys in the pickup world. It's like the, all that whole idea of what do you call it? The uh, approach anxiety comes from lack of confidence. So if you said to yourself, if you wanted to build what it is you wanted, you got to build a bridge for your brain to be able to produce it. So what I would say is, let's say I want to make a million dollars. I would say over the course of the next year, I'll continually to work on my confidence. And as I become more confident, I'll talk to more people. And by talking to more people, I will, I'll get better at business. And as I get better at business, I'll eventually make more money. As I make more money, I'll be able to invest more. As I invest more, I can invest more back into feeling good and blah, 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 up the ladder. So the point of this is that if you build yourself a possibility bridge, we'll call it, it overrides. I just made that up. So it sounds good. I like it. I'm writing that down. I'm going to write it down too, because I like it. A possibility (laughs) bridge. This is why I had trouble writing my book. I kept on coming up with new stuff. (laughs) And if you build yourself a possibility bridge, your brain will support it and go, okay, I'll move from step A to step B. It's like looking at a chessboard and seeing your next 15 moves. So like over the course of the next year, I'll continually be more honest with myself, more honest I am with myself, the more I'll know what I'm really eating, the more I know what I'm eating, the more different decisions I'll make. Different decisions I'll make, the better I'll get at making decisions, the better I get at making decisions, I'll be more confident, more confident, I'll probably eat healthier. And if I eat a little healthier, I'll feel better. And if I feel better, I'll take care of my health. So you know what I'm doing the next year? I'm going to work on knowing what I do and being more aware. So then you get a human being that stops trying to be the person that identifies as an overweight person 
and they're being a person that's becoming more aware of what they do, you may have to dedicate the entire year to awareness and next year lose a bunch of weight. Like I dedicated a year before I started doing Spartan races to be the guy that was moving towards races, right? I don't know. I don't know what your thing is, but I, I feel like we have to give ourselves possibilities and half a chance so we can get what we want. I do this in rap. Like I had a guy the other day on our podcast, a Spartan race guy, never won a, you ever done a Spartan race? No. You know what they are, right? Yeah. This guy never got elite athlete. Oh, one of the best in the world, right? He's at my event. I go, look him in the eyes. I go, dude, have you accepted that any airport you go into, you are the top one-tenth of a percent of an athlete on earth? Because I never saw it that way because you still see yourself as nine. I get it. I go, I did a few things with him and I helped him remove what we call a pause, meaning like the doubt that he can't be number one. He got third place out of like a thousand people as a lead athlete a week later. And last week when he was on our show on the Average Sucks show, he two days later ran two days in a row, came in third place and second place on the podiums of the elite athletes. And this is why I'm bringing this up is we built the possibility that it could occur. And I think most people are limited because it's actually not a possibility that there's a move forward. I think everybody sees they want to be a billion. Gary V said this the other day. I'm not even a big Gary V fan. It's like everybody wants to be a billionaire, but nobody wants to make 462,000 bucks a year. Shit. Nobody wants to make four grand a week. Yeah. you You ever heard that term? Everybody wants to be different. Nobody wants to change. Yes. Yes. Same thing. Like everybody wants the, you know, the result, they don't want to go through the process to get it. And I think there's a process of first, you need to make a possibility for yourself. I love that. I love the possibility bridge. I love the fact that. And and it's really real. Like, like that's the thing. Like I, you know what I'm going to work on for the year? I'm going to work on becoming more profitable and understanding business better. And that's one of the ways that's going to help me grow. That's a big thing. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. Michael, so we're here at the the end of our uh, time together. I know you have to go. Amazing. But yeah, I got uh, a few minutes, but not forever. Yep. But so I know you got a book coming out. As yep. the time of this, it is not quite launched yet, the time we were recording this. But I can show but it. You see it. It's right here. You can show the book. It's called Average Sucks. What is the subtitle again? Why you don't get what you want and what to do about it. I love it. And I, I tell you this, I'm looking forward to reading it. Excited and I think everybody should read it. But I'm also going to tell everybody that the book sucks compared to what you guys could get from attending anything that Michael does in person. Great. The, I've, as I said, I've, I've known Michael for years. I've gotten to uh, you know, be friends with him and then also see him in the professional environment and see and witness some of the changes that he's not only made with you know, myself, my wife, my friends who've gone to his stuff, but even the, the people in the audience. And this is a completely unsolicited, un, uh, like no affiliate agreement stuff here plug. I, I cannot recommend that if you like the kind of conversations that we're having and the stuff that Michael is talking about, go see him live and it'll be better than the book, even though I think you should get the book. If they want to do either one, Michael, what do you recommend people do to kind of just learn more from you? Yeah, I would go to averagesucks.com. I'd go there when you get a minute and go get the book. If the book's not out yet, you'll see a pre-order link. Just, just commit to doing that. That's, that's a no-brainer. Call to action's where it all begins. I mean, that's what you started with years really ago. Really good, yeah. Call, call to action. It's you don't have to leave your house. It's five days. My guarantee is you get more done in five days than you have in five months and understand yourself better and you'll be less annoying to the people you love and they'll annoy you less in five days. 
That's the way I like to put it. And um, if you want to get a hold of us for that, you can always go to, I think the best way to do that is you can go to uh, calltoactionnow.com. We have special pricing on it. It's calltoactionnow.com. And it's call, is it called T-O? Yeah, or I think it's, it's either a T-O or a two. I think it both works because we know that there's a, yeah. that's a um, certain NLP word we use for that when the two is the two. That's and, great. That is that still, it's audio, is it uh, like a conference? Yeah, it's a conference. It's, it's part, it, I'm on, I'm on all the time. It's yeah. I'm not always there live, but it's, it's digital. You work directly with our team. We will spoil you. I mean, we're going to know because that, that I'll associate that group with. Yeah with this podcast somehow, but, but it's really really good. I remember going through that and it's like, you know, what is it? Five days long. It's five days. It's a couple hours a day for five days. Kick your butt, hold your hand, get you to notice a few things about yourself and a few hundred dollars. I think, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just a great way to get started with us and take a peek and have talks and conversations yourself that make a difference. And if, if you're ready for that, that's great. Or I'll give away momentum's a big thing for people. If you want to shoot a text to this, it's a uh, 480-800-8051. It's 480-800-8051. Text the word momentum. And that will give you 30 minutes of me taking this conversation deeper. And then also at the end, it'll share with you a little bit about call to action. And I just highly encourage you to do it. And Go prove me wrong, man. Go, go try to make that course not work for you. I'd love to see how that works out. You, yeah, no. Once I, you take I, it, all you got to do is show up. I'll do all the work. <laughs> now you, you 100% do. And I can't wait to check out the book. Well, Michael, thank you for finally. Yeah, uh, we did it. We did it. We finally did it, right? For being a guest on the, on the show. To everybody listening, go check out the Michael stuff. All this stuff's going to be in the show yep. notes here. So you'll be able to just click a little link and take you nice. right there. And if you enjoy the show and you're not subscribed, if this is the first time you've heard about me for any reason, you can always find me on the, uh, whatever your app you're listening to iTunes on, like podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, or just go to baconwrapbusiness.com. And if you have any questions, if you want a second opinion on any of the uh, primarily business things that are working or not working, you want me to take a look at that. I love hearing from my listeners and giving you guys extra special attention. You can shoot me an email at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com or go to the homepage and scroll down. There's a little button that says, leave me a voicemail and you can uh, shoot me a little audio note. If it's good, I'll even throw it on the show. So thanks again, Michael. And I look forward to seeing everybody else on the next episode.